Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your hosts, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory. JM, my man, how you doing, brother? What's up, Zap? JM, what do they mean by Boston sports personality? I don't know, because like I, Boston, I, don't, I, I work in Boston, I don't really live in Boston. Sports, okay, and personality, that's always been, quite, that's always been questionable. So, right, that's, that's my man, point, I'm, I'm hit one out of three, but you know, that's, that's 333, brother. That's Hall of Fame. So. Hey, by the way, JM, look at what little you, swag. Yeah, I guess you same have, thing. Yeah, right? Little same swag there. Yeah. Compliments yeah. of we, our good I mean, friends. You know, we do. We take bribes on this show. Exactly. So we, we encourage that's, gifts. We do. Comp- compliments <laughs> of uh, compliments of memory lane auctions. My name is Tom Zappala. Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show. Uh, we got a great show today. we got our good friend Scotty Russell from the Collector Connection. Tremendous Scott's show. Going, Scott is going on a caravan. He rented... <laughs> Three camels and a pickup truck. He's going to be all over the country. So we're going to talk to Scott about that, plus his auction. Uh, And we're going to bring in uh, right now, well, actually, we're going to bring both of them in, uh, a really loyal follower and good friend of the show. He's been with us, I think, since day one. Uh, Kenny Clausen, former professional baseball player, but I asked Kent to come on because uh, he did kind of a really neat thing in the last week and a half, JM. So let's bring them both in. How are you, boys? What's up, guys? Kenny, we're going to chat with you first. Number one, uh, you uh, took the time uh, to raise some money for the event that we are going to be doing this this coming Saturday. Uh, It is the uh, Little Smiles fundraiser that Rico and I are doing down here. By the way, JM, it's going to be mobbed. We're really excited about it. Uh, You raised some money. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Ken? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me on the show. And a couple of weeks back, I did see an episode on your show talking about your event that you're having coming up in Florida. So I just thought I, if I could help in a small way by uh, jumping in on my Facebook page and having a raffle. And my nephew, who is a star guard at Duke University, basketball player, was kind enough to sign a pair of brand new shoes. And I got a signed card and I used that and sold spots in a raffle on my Facebook page. And I was very surprised that it filled up very fast. It really did. That's awesome. Really yeah, awesome. we should mention Jared McCain, right? That's your, that's your nephew, I, I, correct? I mean, yeah. John, JM, I mean, have you been following Jared? Dude, he's for all? real. He's for real. Yeah. He's the re- he is yeah, legitimately. He made it through the court storming safely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to, right, to try one of his teammates. But I'll tell you what, Kenny, I think – you and I were talking. I think that, I mean, he, he was he averaging about 16 a game as a freshman and eight or nine rebounds. I think not only is he going to be a lottery pick, it wouldn't surprise me if he, uh, he's in the NBA after the, his freshman year. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to kind of tip us off, Kenny. But what are your thoughts on how he's doing? Well, first of all, Jared's a very, very special player. And from a young age, his work ethic is unmatched. Um, Just a little insider on Jared. He gets up every morning at five, regardless if he had a game the night before and he does yoga, he stretches, gets into the gym, shoots 200 shots. Then he goes to practice. (laughs) Um, After games, um, you know, he plays both ends. He goes hard. He plays just about uh, 40 minutes a game and he's wiped out. And after the crowds leave, he goes back on the floor and shoots another couple hundred shots. So the NBA scouts are really touting him. He's projected to go very high in the first round. He does have options, just trying to get him through the season healthy and onto the tournament. And then later after the spring, he can sit down and kind of assess things. Yeah. And Kenny, he's he's a he's tailor made for today's NBA. I mean, he, he can score. He's an assist guy. He can rebound. What's he about? Six, six, three, six, four. I mean, he's and, and you know, the NBA, you don't have to be seven feet anymore. You know what I mean? To be a high pick. He's perfect for today's game. The flow, the running. I mean, it's a it's a fast paced game now. It's about being, you know, multi-talented. And he, he's that guy. 
Absolutely. He can do it all. He sees the floor. Yeah. He actually can create shots and plays within a play, and he's not afraid to rebound. I think he's had five games this year where he's had 10-plus rebounds as a guard, and he's a he's a sharp shooting. One of He's the number one ranked freshman guard in the nation, and he's shooting threes at a 41% clip. I, that's amazing. I saw league. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something, J.M., he kind of reminds me of me at my, uh, my Austin prep days. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We, we were Division Six, yeah. and uh, and we went uh, three three and fifteen. But uh, you know, it's you guys didn't too bad since the ball the, back then. The the ball you used was a rock. So I mean, for that, you really weren't too bad. You know, uh, we're, we're chatting with, uh, with but Ken but St. John's Prep wiped the floor with you every time. So you know, uh, we're chatting with Ken Clawson <laughs> and Scotty Russell's uh, on board with us. Scotty's Scott's gonna be with us for the whole hour. Ken, uh, tell us about Ken Clawson's baseball career. Yeah, I mean, you made it pretty far, and then. I think, uh, was it an injury? Because that's typically what happens. Kind of walk us through that. Well, you know, I played my whole life and uh, aspirations of always being a major league baseball player. And I was fortunate to get drafted by the San Diego Padres in 1983 out of high school. And uh, I played five years in the minor leagues with the Padres and the Rangers. And sometimes timing, things breaks, uh, can not go your way. Uh, I looked for other options. I got an option to play internationally went over to Italy of all places. And I stayed there and played there for four years. So I had nine years total. And I was very shocked when I got to Italy, how great the baseball was, had a great time. Two players on each team could be American. So I was fortunate enough because back in the States, halfway through my five years, I was converted to a pitcher. I played shortstop my whole life. So going to Italy, I was like two players in one. We, we, you, you, were Shoei, you were Shohei Otani of Italy. You, you were. You, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was way before Otani. You were, uh, you were, you were, were Shohei Rigatoni. That's what you were. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, JM, we had, uh, you know who played in Italy, had a real successful, uh, the heck was his name, uh, went to BC, um, Langone. The Langoni kid. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, hey, he Kenny, so, I mean, you came up with the Padres in, in 1983. It was kind of a – it was tough to make that – they were a good club. They went to the World Series, right, in 84, played against the Tigers. Absolutely. They had some great players on that team. Yeah, after 83 playing in rookie ball, I went to my first spring training, and I showed up. Uh, they sent me to spring training early to get some extra work in. And I showed up, I'm a 19-year-old kid, and I'm looking at Garvey, Nettles, <laughs> Tony Gossage, Gwynn, right? Tony yeah. Gwynn, and I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. But just being a young man, there's, there's 150, 200 guys in spring training that are just as good as you are. Yeah. And I quickly realized that, you know, this is no longer a game. This is a business. And you feel pressures that you've never felt before. you got to deal with all of that and kind of slow the game down in your mind. Try to let the game come to you and not go get it. Those are things you work on and have to go through schedules and seasons to actually get through all of that and, and get to certain levels before you're uh, going to get a chance at the, at the big time. Hey, Kenny, you're a big time collector. Uh, I was yes. astounded the other night when we were chatting. Tell us a little bit about your collection. I think Scott would like to hear this one. <laughs> well, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been collecting for over 50 years and uh, 1968, I was three years old, and my dad gave me a pack of cards. I opened up the Johnny Bench Rookie. I'll never forget it. Oh, nice. And I was hooked. I was hooked at three years old, and I've never stopped. But I've actually, listening to your show, getting a lot of advice over the years, I've diversified. And good advice, by the way. Very good advice. <laughs> Absolutely. The best. So I try to have a little bit of everything, but I, I take pride in going back a ways in my vintage and I have some like old judge cards. I try to go after like old high grade cards instead of going after stars that most people do. Like, a, like I don't want to get a Ty Cobb and a one. Right. So I go after an eight or a nine. And I don't know if this is something that is shown or can be seen oh. on screen. I don't know if it's coming up or not. Uh, let's see. No, it doesn't. Keep it in front of your body. Yeah. Put it, put it closer to your chest. There yeah. you go. It's an 1887 old judge. Oh, wow. In a, in a 92, which is like an eight plus. Yeah, that's a great card. Look at, see, Scott, I, Scott's got a smile on his face. Oh, yeah. And then I, and then I collect the, the T206s. I go after a lot of 19, the, the sporting life M116s and eights and nines. So, how many cards do you have in your, how many in your collection? Uh, well, my collection has gone down because I've sold all of my loose cards. 
and I go after gym mitt 10s from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. That's another part of my collection. I just surpassed 700 gym mitt 10s. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, That's we got awesome. about a we have about a minute left, uh, Ken. Um, tell us about the Sacramento Hall of Fame. Are you on the committee there? Are you, did you yes, sign uh, it? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, it was an honor to be uh, asked last year to be on the selection and voting committee for the Sacramento Hall of Fame. And uh, like we were talking before, the tradition of baseball here in the Sacramento and Northern California area goes back over a hundred years, and it's it's a real hot bed even as of today because. You know, let's face it, you can play and work out 11, 11 and a half months out of the year out here. So hey, Zach, Zach. Collection? Hold on. I'm sorry, Scotty. I said, do you have an OBAC collection? You want to go back to 100 years in Sacramento? That would be what you'd get. Yeah, so what, absolutely. Oh, Zach, I didn't realize that, Scott. Can I get one more job. quick one in for Kenny? Zach, before we yep. – uh, I just want to get your opinion. As a baseball guy, someone who's obviously connected with that area out there, I don't know fan-wise if you're a, a Giants fan, A's fan, but your thoughts on the A's and what's going to end up happening with that. I, I love that. I've loved that franchise since I started watching baseball with the, with the Reggie Jackson, Sal Bando, Joe Rudy teams. I've, right. I've loved the uniforms, loved the different incarnations, Billy Martin, the Maguire, Canseco guys. Uh, they've always been my second favorite team. What are your thoughts? and what's going to happen out there well i came up with conseco and mcguire and that whole steroid era and, that's right it was uh, yeah in the early 80s and i was right in the middle of it including some teammates that i later found out i had no idea but anyways the a's i'm a big giants fan okay but i i've hung around raleigh fingers a lot and i get a lot of input from him uh, my brother lives in henderson which is right outside of vegas I get yep. a lot of information if they go to vegas they're going to sell out every game <laughs> No I watched doubt. a few games. Yeah, I watched a few games last year in Oakland, and they announced twenty five hundred fans, and there was probably a hundred fans there. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's sad. It's sad for the area. If they could get a stadium, I think they would support it. They would do very well. Yep. Uh, the the field itself is fantastic, but the facility is breaking down. Fans don't like it. The players don't like the clubhouse, the bathrooms, etc. Yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad. It is. Kenny, I uh, can't thank you enough, number one. Again, thank you so much for the, uh, for the effort, uh, for the fundraiser uh, this week. And by the way, folks, I know uh, this is a live auction that we're having, so obviously uh, you can't come unless you want to get on a plane, but you can certainly make a donation to uh, just the link uh, right, on, uh, right on the show here. Uh, if you could even donate 20 bucks, you know, this is for – Kids that are really, really hurting, kids that are in hospice, kids that are in hospitals, kids that, that are homeless, and 93 cents of every buck goes right to the kids. So uh, it's Little Smiles down here in Southern Florida, a great organization. Uh, we looked long and hard, Rico and I, about partnering with someone, and we said, this is the organization. Every three or four years, we do something. Several years ago was the Jimmy Fund up in Boston. This year, it's a little smile. So if you can make a donation, we would greatly appreciate it. Kenny, again, thanks a lot, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Good, Good luck to, this weekend. Good to talk to you, Ken. All right, John, thank you. Good guy, man. Good guy. Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now, thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their No. That's right. Oh, but that was we'll good. do that later. No, but that was nice. That was nice. It kind of uh, tied in. I thought Rico was walking into your house with music behind him. He's going to bomb the show here. <laughs> you know what, no, you know what Rico's doing right now? Rico, oh, boy. Uh, you know what he's doing right now? It's, what, 1030? Every Don't morning know. at this time, he's out on his little dock smoking a cigar. There you go. Reading Fox News. Reading Fox News. That's what he does. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Scotty. Scotty's been with us. Scott, uh, you know, you first of all, you're on a you're on a mission that we're going to talk about uh, in a little while about your travels, the Scott Russell Caravan. We're calling it. <laughs> but uh, you know, you made a good point. You know, we have uh, we don't have you on often as a guest host. And you've been around a long time. You have a great, great following. Can you tell John and I a little bit about your background? Oh, yeah. Um, I started, I, I can literally go back to my first pack. Um, I actually, my brother was in the hospital for tonsillitis, and I bought him an 81 rack pack. Nice. And that's how we got started. And my brother is my, you know, key partner in the business today. So we're yeah. both still at it. Um, but we actually started doing shows when we were in our mid-teens in the Pocono area, doing the mall and hotel circuit, which was the big thing at that age, at that era. 
And we were lucky. We like old stuff. So we would buy the new stuff, buy the case, break it all down, sell it, and then put that money into old stuff. So when the crash in the early 90s came, we were actually set up pretty well to get through it because we still had, you know, we weren't buying, we weren't holding on to the junk wax. We were flipping it into old stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been doing shows since about 1986. And then I was, I attended live auctions all over the place. And about six or seven years ago now, I was making noise about leaving my company and doing cards full time. And the owner of one of the auctions that I was a customer at heard, and he was in his early seventies at that point and said, well, would you like to buy the company? And really? I see. I wow. Wasn't, I, wow, I was not aware of that. So, yep. Scotty, let me ask you a question because we talk a lot on this show about young collectors, uh, young slash new collectors. Let's focus on young collectors and how they tend to focus on what's in the what's in the news today. Okay, the players right. of today, the modern day players, and we always ask the question: Do you think that their interest will get them to look back? to pass ball young, plays of vintage. That obviously happened to you. You were absolutely. talking about early 80s, but then you guys get, how did you take your interest that was sort of current and then get interested in vintage ball players? Um, Sean, hold on. That is a very good question. Thank you, Zap. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have at least a mediocre answer. Um, <laughs> really, I hope the answer is just as good. <laughs> yeah, I, I look at my contemporaries when I started as a kid and how few of them are still involved today. And the ones who are still involved made that progression. Um, you know, and I, and I think you'll see it today and it'll only be a fraction. It'll only be a percentage of the guys who start today who are buying the, you know, the new packs and the blasters and all that stuff who then go, well, but what else is there? And then they go, and that's when you start to progress older and older and older. And I think if 10% of the modern collector makes that journey to the old stuff, the old stuff will be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's a lot less of it. And, you know, the, the people who collect it, are very passionate about it, you know? And, and so, yeah, I think you'll see, you, know, you have millions of people coming into the hobby now. And if out of those millions, thousands get into the old stuff, it'll just keep it going the way I, it has. All right. I got a question, Jen. John, I'm going to ask you to ch chime in on this one. Cause you usually ask me my opinion. Yep. What do you mean by old stuff? You guys now, because old stuff to me is pre-war. Yeah. Counties, T206s, old judges play ball. Right. But, right, but old stuff to my son, who's a collector, is Larry Bird, is yep. Tony Gwynn. Yeah. That's old stuff to them. What, so what I mean is what we've talked about on the show where I'm talking vintage. I'm talking what you're talking yeah, about. But, but, yeah, but that is, Scott, let's, is that stuff considered vintage now, number one? And number two, is that stuff going to, I mean, is that something that people maybe should focus on? I mean, that generation is focused on that. John, I mean, you're, you're older than that, but the 40-something, 30-somethings, that's what they're buying. Yeah. Am I wrong, Scott? No, you're, you're not. And, I mean, it's funny. We see it on the consignment end, too. People tell me, I've got old cards. They go, okay, great. What do you have? Send me a list. Send me some pictures. And then they send me a bunch of pictures of stuff from the 80s. <laughs> right. It's right. Exactly. Uh, like, right. Well, you know, yeah, I, I understand those are 40 years old now. And, and, old and, you. and how old did that you make you feel, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> but, you know, but I, mean, I think uh, you're, what you're saying, like the, the generation who thinks of the Larry Bird card is old now. Yeah. 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 They'll, but they'll get that Larry Bird card and then they'll keep progressing backwards. Right. That's good. If they can do that, uh, I yeah, would if, if they have interest in what's old to them now, what's older than that will continue to intrigue them. Yeah. You know something that's, that's very, I mean, to, to my grandson, Johnny, Mike Trout is old. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. It's all, it's all relative. Yeah. No yeah, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And so uh, if listen, they have any interest in what came before the immediate government, <laughs> what came before contemporary, it will just keep going back. All right, listen, we are chatting with Scott Russell. By the way, a little later on in the show, towards the end, uh, Jared Cavley from Pristine Auctions is going to uh, join us. You know, that's a good example. You catered to one clientele. Someone like uh, uh, Pristine caters to another clientele. Someone like Heritage caters, uh, uh, caters to another clientele. That's what's so beautiful about this. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Another Gax moment. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now, thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their lives with serious illness, homelessness, and other tragedies. I hope that you can join us on March 2nd at the County Line Restaurant in Juno Beach, Florida for a live auction and some great baseball talk. If you can't join us, please consider a donation to littlesmilesfl.org. That's littlesmilesfl.org to help these kids. And when you donate, please mention the Great American Collectibles Show. We hope you'll help. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. Hey, JM, by the way, East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, The Philly Show. From Friday, March 8th to Sunday, March 10th, held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall in Station Oaks, I'm, I'm sorry, in Oaks, Pennsylvania. 
Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer boots on over 100,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to the present day. JM, remember we were there? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we had fun. Loved it at that casino, yeah. I know, I lost my shirt. Major (laughs) sports auction houses and third-party graining and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in for free. Autographed guests include the Philadelphia Eagles Championship Reunion Show, Super Bowl 52 MVP pick Nick Foles, Super Bowl champ head coach Doug Peterson, Brandon Graham, Jason Peters, Trey Burton, as well as baseball Hall of Famers Frank Thomas, Robin Yount, and many, many. You know what I remember most about that is I won money at the casino and still let you buy dinner that night. I t- trust me, I, that's back here, baby. It's back here. <laughs> For more information, go to thephillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, The Philly Show is where it all started. You know who else is at The Philly Show? Who? You Yours were. truly. Yeah, he, was there. he was there. <laughs> <laughs> so come say hi. Okay. Welcome to another Gax Moment brought to you by our good friend Paul Borges and the great staff at PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. Rico and I were fishing last week, smoking a few cigars and having a few laughs. I asked him on the fishing dock, and this is truth, I said, who was the craziest, funniest teammate you ever played with? The words were not out of my mouth, and he immediately said, Bill Lee. Rico and Bill played together for seven years. An all-star in 1973, Lee, affectionately known as the Spaceman, was a damn good pitcher, compiling a 119-90 record with a 3.62 career earn run average. And he also won 17 games three years in a row, and later on 16 games with the Montreal Expos. In 2008, like Rico, Bill was inducted into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. His antics, to say the least, are historic. Here's a few tidbits. He developed the Leafist pitch, similar to the Ephus pitch, except in the, 17, in the 75 World Series, he threw the Ephus pitch, I mean the Leafist pitch, to Tony Perez, and that ball still has not landed. <laughs> He was involved in the famous Yankee brawl in 1976, tearing ligaments in his shoulders. But the brawl endeared him to fans. He had an ongoing feud with manager Don Zimmer, always referring to him as the gerbil. He informed the Buffalo Heads. I'm sorry. He formed the Buffalo Heads, along with teammates Fergie Jenkins, Rick Wise, Jim Willoughby, and Bernie Cabo in response to Zimmer's conservative views. A little weed now and then never hurt anybody, according to Lee. Lee spoke in, def- in defense of Greenpeace, ran for president as the, a member of the Rhinoceros Party. And his motto, no guns, no butter, both can kill. When asked about his views on mandatory drug testing, he said in the 60s, it was mandatory that I try everything. Most of the managers are lifetime 220 hitters, he said. For years, pitchers have been getting these managers out 75% of the time, and that's why they don't like us. Worn onto the field at different times, Mr. Lee, a Daniel Boone cap, and a beanie with a propeller. Announced that a baseball, rep- uh, that baseball represents nothing more than some Haitian slaves' eight-hour day, and that a ball player's springtime ritual consists of unlimbering the body and snorting the new glove. He showed up while rumors of his imminent release from the Red Sox dressed in a black outfit that he described as Mexican funeral wear. Nobody looks at me, he complained. They, they walk by me like I've been bitten by a rat from Calcutta and the disease will spread. He claims that he got high with George W. Bush in the 70s. Still playing today, by the way, at 77 years old, he's playing locally again uh, with, I think, I believe the Savannah Bananas and some local semi-pro teams that he just shows up with. 
played in Cuba for many years, uh, and he still barnstorms at the age of 77. He had some health issues uh, last year. He's recovered from them, and he is still going strong. There's something to be said about the spaceman, and that's another Gax moment. <clears throat> Zap, he was uh, one of the most amazing guys I ever had a chance to interview. I worked with him. He was on a show. I did a show called Forever Baseball. I did it for the better part of six, seven years. For a couple of those years, he did a segment on the show called Space on Base, where they would just point to him and, and let him go off on some subject. And remember his great quote, I think it was before Game 7 of the 75 series, he was pitching against Gullet for the Reds. And Sparky Anderson, before the game, said, after the game tonight, my boy's going to the Hall of Fame, meaning Gullet. And, and Lee said, they asked Lee, but he said, after the game tonight, I'm going to the Elliott Lounge, which was a bar <laughs> near Fenway right Park. Right down the street. Unbelievable Hi, guy. Oh, yeah, he was. Uh, by the way, Don Gullet just passed away last week. I saw that. Yeah. 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 All right, let's get back to Scotty. Uh, Scott. First of all, I want to talk about your auction. You've got an auction going on right now that ends when? Uh, ends on uh, a week uh, week from Sunday. Or no, this Sunday coming. Sorry. Okay. I'm going I to be brutally honest here. I went online, and I saw some of the things that you're offering. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people are not aware of some of the things that you have in this auction, but you've got complete sets, 67 com- tops complete set. Yep. A 70s top complete set, a 77 tops complete football set, a 78 tops complete basketball set, and 210 1956 tops cards. All ungraded, but the, most of them are complete sets. People, are you kidding me? There are some, gr- no, I'm serious. Those are great things to invest in. Am I wrong? No, no. And I mean, and this set is particularly loaded with those kind of starter and partial sets that are like over half the set. Um, so it is, I mean, if you had ever wanted to build a set, we have a lot of great, there's a 53 partial, there's a 55, there's a 56. Um, you know, so there's a lot of really neat partials. If you wanted to start a set, there's some really great options. And whenever you buy, you know, kind of in bulk like that, you definitely get a bit of a discount over putting it all together yourself. Scott, were these um, these sets from uh, one consigner or client, no, actually, different different places? Four, what are the five, sources about, for these? About four or five different consigners. Yep. Uh, we have, I think, partly because of the reputation, you know, we've developed for grading raw fairly, um, and then you know, breaking the sets down into kind of intelligent pieces. We try and make the sets homogenous by grade. Nobody wants to buy a partial set that ranges from good to near mint. Right. The Mint guys don't want the low stuff and the good guys don't want to pay for the better stuff. So if you send me 856 commons, we'll break them into three lots by you know grade range. And so I think that appeals to a lot of our consigners. So we're getting more and more of that kind of That's stuff. That's a in. smart move, actually, on your part. That's a very smart move. That's a wise thing to do. That's yeah, a very, more labor, yeah. but that's why we figure it's you know worth it. What about the Philly cards, though? You have a lot of, of Philadelphia Phillies cards. Well, it, it's a little sad, actually. Uh, Carl Freisinger, who I told you I, I bought an auction that I used to go to, Carl and I used to compete against each other at the auction. And uh, Carl was diagnosed terminal uh, last spring, about a year ago. Oh. And, you know, we sat down, him and his wife and I, and, and kind of figured everything out because Carl had – if not the greatest Philadelphia collection in history, it has to be up there. Um, and he did pass in November. And so now we're taking care of it for him. And we're actually donating a portion of the proceeds of the sales. Anything in the auction that's labeled from the Carl Freisinger collection, a portion of that is going to the, the Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Well, you know, again, wow. folks, that's, that's something awesome. to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, if you have a few extra bucks to spend, go for that. That You know, that's the stuff that, that I love. You know, by the way, I want, I want to, and I know, Scott, that you know Al Crisofoli yeah, uh, from Love of the Game. You know what Al's doing? Al called me up, and this auction that we're doing on Saturday, uh-huh. right, we have, it's, we, we have reserve prices. I'm not going to give this stuff away. Right. So Al called me up. He says, whatever you don't sell, ship it to me. I'm going to put it in my spring auction. We'll have a special thing, and he's going to donate the uh, buyer's commission right, right. to Little Smiles. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Pretty yeah, cool. I was, I was a great guy. Yeah. JM, I'm sorry. No, no, that's right. That, that's more important. Um, I was just going to ask Scott because I, I love Scott's uh, auctions because of the 
there's just some stuff you don't really see anywhere exactly. else. Exactly. And the other thing I like about it, you know, a lot of people have, you know, watch or listen to our show and maybe they want to jump in, but I think they still get intimidated sometime with the money aspect of it. You know, I don't have, I'm not going to even say a million bucks or 10,000. Some of them don't have 500 bucks to throw away. There right. are so many neat items. If you're just a sports fan and a collecting fan where the opening bid is literally $5 in yep. this auction. And I just encourage people that want to take it a next level and get into an auction and bid on something, go to this collector connection auction, this one he has, because there's so much neat stuff from cards to autographed items and things like that. I mean, that to me, in the time I've been kind of immersed in, in the hobby, Scott, that's what separates you from other people. Can you just comment on that diversity and the, I, I guess you could say the, um, the inclusionary part of what you do? Yeah. Well, and I think it's very funny. I think we see, believe it or not, a lot of the similar items to what auctions see, but we treat them differently. Yeah. Uh, we break down the collection to its oddball parts because we know there are people who want those oddball items. Right. So it looks like we have a greater variety, but it's actually we're just presenting it differently than other people present it. Um, you know, there and there's lots of that kind of, there's a lot of team issue stuff, you know, a lot of uh, tops test issues and just oddball things that may only be a 30 or 40 or $50 item. But because it's different, we know somebody wants just that. They don't want to have to buy a collection to get it. Is there an item that, that maybe the Zap hasn't already mentioned? If it's one of those sets, you can elaborate on that, that kind of jumps out to you as a, I always call it the wow item, something yeah, you said, I hey, mean, that, that's I pretty cool. super pricey, but we have a 64 tops coin set. And nice. that's a real pain in the neck to put together. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not that it's that expensive, but finding them all is the trick. Um, you know, and this one, the, the, the grades on the set are, are all over place because some of them were actually glued into albums. So they have paper on the back, but then there's some of them that are really nice. And the stars are generally a little bit better than the commons, oddly enough. You know, we were talking uh, yeah. uh, in, in, in the, the first segment of the show, you know, we were talking about the modern, the kids, the modern collectors. And this is, you know, for, for those kids or those investors that are kind of working their way down from modern to vintage, these are the perfect cards for you to start with. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You can you can really spend uh, you know a, a several hundred bucks and have a a, a really nice trove. You can you can make a haul <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can a, a vintage cards, yeah. and that's a real good starting point. I mean, I, I think that is so cool, you know, Scott. Uh, let's talk about the traveling roadshow. <laughs> uh, you're going to be going on the road. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, we do these periodically, um, and it usually comes in, a call comes from somewhere in the country with a big collection that I can't pass up. So I then plan to go to that, but then I don't want to just go for one thing. I want to make a trip worthwhile. Well, we got a call from uh, a collector in L.A., and it's it's a pretty amazing collection, um, a, a near T206 set, a complete 33 Gaudi set, Every top set from 53 on up and then singles out the, you know, wazoo. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a little bit of his stuff already, some of his pre-war stuff already. And uh, so then I build the trip around it. So then I have a regular consigner who's up in Seattle. And I thought, well, okay, I'll start there and actually meet him instead of having him ship stuff. And then so now the trip right now, as it stands, is Seattle, Port, Port, Portland, Oregon, Boise, Idaho, L.A., Albuquerque, Dallas, Oklahoma City, Kansas City. You've got to be kidding me. Like, no. Like so I fly to, I fly to Seattle, <laughs> then cut my way down south to L.A., then over to Dallas and up to Chicago. All right, but I, I've got a this question. Is, this so, is like the uh, Scotty Russell Eras tour. You're like the Taylor Swift <laughs> of the hobby right now. But hold on, Scott. I, mean, I, don't, I don't get paid when she gets paid. <laughs> are you driving, for instance, are you driving into Albuquerque, like, just I, I fly to I fly to Seattle, grab a truck, and drive the rest. No, but my point is, when you get to Albuquerque, is do you have something set up, or are you just yeah. going to put it? Yeah, ad? there's oh, a okay. setup. There's something at each of those. Stops. All right, so you're not going to put an ad in the tape and say, "Hey, guess what, guys? I'm here." <laughs> well, I mean, we actually we have an ad coming up in Beckett, and we've posted it on our website. So if people want to, they we can add them to that trip. And, oh, good. And don't yeah, but we're not setting up listen, a hotel going to show up that day. Scott, don't forget to take that left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> are you uh, you are you gonna are you doing this alone and you having uh, yeah. someone you nope, I, do, I do this solo because you know the, the other people i have have to be back at the office getting the auctions done so geez I, I tell you what jay i'd like to send you on some kind of a road trip why don't you do that i'll go yeah send me out. You, 
Oh, meet, meet me in Seattle on the 18th. Seattle's <laughs> a great. Listen, all those, most of those cities you've mentioned, I've been to. Portland is a great town. I don't know how long you're going to be there. I don't know. I don't know if it's still there. Like, we could look it up online. But there's a great, um, yeah. not Portland's. too long. There's a place called McMenamins. All right, okay. and it's a converted old estate, like a sprawling estate with all these little houses that for that for the workers, whatever. And it's it's a bar. And every, what else is new? every little servant <laughs> place is like it has its own bar in it. You can walk around the grounds and drink. Yeah, I hope it's still there. I haven't been there in a while, but it's called McMenamins. Check it out. We're doing sixteen, or sorry, six thousand miles in thirteen days. So Unbelievable. Oh my god, that's great. And, and and JM has never never uh, passed a bar that he did not like. <laughs> <laughs> I could never be a lawyer because I couldn't pass a bar. <laughs> hey, Scott, uh, let's talk about forecast for 2024. What does uh, 2024 look like you going on the rest of the year? Uh, for us, it's really some amazing stuff has come in. I mean, like I said, you know, it is sad because he was a friend, but the Carl Freisinger collection kind of got us off to a big start. Um, and then the pickups on this trip. Uh, but we've gotten just a lot of calls kind of referred from other consigners, which is always gratifying because it shows that people are happy with what you're doing for them. Um, so yeah, we, we have some big stuff lined up. I mean, I've got a pile of cracker jacks and, and gold coins sitting here and good stuff, man. Yeah. All right. So can you, uh, I always kind of try to put, uh, some of our guests, uh, on the spot a little bit. Go so can you, a couple of uh, sleeper cards, in your opinion, uh, for 2024 this year. I mean, forget about Mantle. Forget about Ruth. Forget about Wagner. Just some sleeper cards. Anything well, in particular that's... You know, I think if you're a big baseball fan, you can appreciate the advice I'll give. Um, when a surprise makes the Hall of Fame, like a Jim Cott, you know, you see a jump instantly. I mean, you could have picked right. up a 1960 Jim Cott rookie in nice condition for $10. And, you know, for just a, yeah. you know, a biscuit over a common. And now that's easily a $100 card. So my okay. advice would be look at your 64 Tommy John rookie. Look at your 71 Bobby Gritch rookie. And that has the added or the Concepcion. You know, they have the added advantage to be in that horrible black border. Um, look at your borderline guys who the Veterans Committee might surprise you and stick in there. Um, yeah. Scott, listen, you know, Dab, if I can jump, that's a great point you know um how these and a lot of people are mad at it because there's been a lot of what we'll call borderline inductions into the hall of fame and i never really thought about that how that can affect the hobby in a positive way right Absolutely. you know for the I value two, of their cards you're so right i own 200 louis tiot cards yeah yeah that's a great right. i got a, i have a ton of them too right all I these mean, guys I, that no, we think should I, be I'm in I'm exaggerating, but I have a no. lot of Louis cards. Louis's a great guy. He should be in. So I have them put aside. But the, the, you never know. Like, never like know. Scott said, the Veterans Committee are starting to put in guys right. that, that maybe the writers weren't going to vote in, but the Veterans Committee does because maybe they played with them, they saw them, you know, so. Um, uh, and some of them, different. especially by the modern, you know, sabermetric measures, actually belong in. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Correct. Bobby Bridge and Lou Whitaker are better than most of the second basement in the hall. If you look at the modern Absolutely. Staff. All right, yeah. listen, we got to take a quick break. Uh, I think Jared Cavalli from Pristine is going to be joining us. Scott's with us for the rest of the hour. Hang in there. We shall return. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. 
you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetroselliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petroselli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. So, Zap, how does your company or organization do promotions? Imprinted Pretty products. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're a self-promoter. We know that. Yeah, no, what I do is I try to shake down Petroselli for pens, for swag, I get nothing. You know what he gave me, though? They did give me a Petroselli baseball cap. I think what you're, you're a key to self-promotion, that you surround yourself with very talented people. <laughs> Imprinted products keeps your brand in front of your customers more than any form of advertising. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petroselli Marketing Group a call at 603-880-3202 or email info 
at PetrocelliMKT.com. You know, it's interesting how things in life work. <laughs> Jeez. Now, earlier, no, this is, this is, you know, this is mystic. This is deep, earlier, man. This is deep. Earlier, uh, uh, Scott mentioned that part of the auction, this, uh, this auction that he's doing, part of it, of the proceeds are going to the uh, uh, food bank in South Central Pennsylvania, yeah. South Pennsylvania. Number one, number two, we're doing uh, a fundraiser for Little Smiles uh, this week uh, for kids that are either uh, terminal or really sick, and that's why I wanted to bring Jared in uh, from Pristine Auctions because the stuff he does is amazing, but. During the commercial break, I got a text from, an, from a, a big follower of the show who's been with us for many years, and Derek Grady is not going to be happy because they just outbid him uh, on the Rico Petroselli game use bat. Bidding is up to $3,200. Nice. And, and they are sending... Bids in to me. They're going to text me bids on six other items. Very nice. Uh, because they're very familiar with Little Smiles. So that's awesome. what it's all about. And thank you. All right, let's bring in Jared. Jared, let me tell you something. You don't even realize this, but you kind of lit the fire under our asses uh, a while back. <laughs> uh, do you remember about five, four or five years ago when Rico and I did the fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund in Boston? Do you remember that? I believe so. Yes, yeah, sir. Because you, you donated, you sent a whole bunch of cool stuff, like crazy stuff, like uh, the, the the face mask from that uh, horror flick. Uh, I can't remember what the name <laughs> of it was, but you sent some really cool stuff. But you were kind of the catalyst uh, that kind of got us going way back then. And because you guys have done some great stuff. Tell us about, listen, we're going to talk about the auction. We, we have you on for at least uh, eight or nine minutes. Tell us about some of the stuff that you guys do. Yeah, you know, anytime we can find an opportunity to give back a little bit, we'd love to do that. So uh, one of the biggest organizations we work with that we have for many years is an orga organization called Hope Sports. Um, that's an organization in Mexico right across the border in San Diego and Tijuana. Uh, we take a team there every every year or two and uh, build a home for a family in need. Um, the poverty there is something uh, that I've never seen before, never experienced before. And what always strikes me as amazing is just how how grateful, thankful, and happy those families are, even with so little um, from our eyes. So um, it's always extremely impactful. This last time we were able to bring our kids with us, um, which is Very awesome. Cool. Our, Very you know, cool. Our, yeah, so um, it was impactful for them. It's always a great team experience uh, and very meaningful. So that's an organization. What I love about the organization, too, is there's a sports element to it. They often bring in teams, uh, Olympic teams, college sports teams, those teams come in as a team building event and also give back by, you know, using the muscle and, and building some homes. So it's a fantastic organization. So we support them. And then uh, guy East who heads up that organization. Um, we support him also just as a generally as a missionary. So he's always doing other work as well. That's just the main uh, organization that he heads up. So that's one of the key ones we do um, throughout the year. We always do, uh, you know, we always give to auctions, you know, we get asked often, um, sure. which is great. We always have inventory that, that, that we can give um, and love to do that. Um, so that's an example. And then also um, we have a, a lot of relationships in NASCAR. And with that, a lot of those guys have their own charitable organizations. So we often donate to their annual auctions. Uh, and then also Dale Jr. This year, every year he does what's called a drive to give glove auction. Um, and that's, uh, historically been done on other platforms, but they chose to work with us this year. And together we broke records, which was pretty incredible. It was a pretty fun experience that inspired us to do some similar ones. So we haven't announced them yet, but we have a couple things throughout the year with some drivers we work with. We're going to do similar events where uh, it's going to be very similar to the global auction with a little bit of a twist. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. Well, one. you know, something. what are the items that you, you donated uh, to this? Uh, uh, it's going to be in the silent auction is a really cool racing car, still racing car, signed by Richard Petty. You know, stuff yeah. like that. That's that's yeah. cool piece. Very cool piece, you know. Um, so anyways, 
You know, uh, thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. And uh, same thing with you. Uh, you know, I know Kenny's still watching and Scott, that's what it's all about, giving back a little bit. And, you know, the other thing we're, we're talking about, and JM, jump in here, brother. Sure. The auctions are different. Your auction is is completely different than the auction that Scott runs. You know, you have a daily auction. You have an elite auction. You have a coin auction. You have a classic auction, fine arts. You have a 10-minute auction. Are you still doing that? Absolutely. Yeah, in fact, we have a pretty pretty fun promotion today uh, where the whole 10-minute auction was overtaken by a brand-new Mystery Box release. So I know Mystery Boxes aren't for everybody, but a lot of our customers love them. And so that company has is releasing it through our 10-minute auction and also giving everybody a $20 credit. So if you want to go participate, it's a great time to do that. Um, today is a Pokemon Mystery Box. Um, but yeah, in general, that's... 10-minute auction is always rolling on our site. Scott, you can appreciate this. And, Jam, I know you know this. The first time, when and you've been with us. I mean, you really have been with us since day one. But we really never, never, we always tried to get a feel for how big Pristine Auctions was. So initially, John, myself, and Rico, we said, well, it's going to be like an eight-man operation. There's Jared, his wife, sure, <laughs> a couple of brothers, sisters. Tell Scott, how many employees do you have? You know, I wish we could get it all done with that few, but no, we've, got, we've got a great team. We've got a, about 100 of us here. Wow. Uh, and plugging away pretty constantly just to, you know, produce the volume that our team does. So It's just amazing. It's an amazing just, team around me. But you've, you've always, and JM, do you agree with me in this? Yeah. He's always kind of stayed under the radar with the size of his operation. Yeah. It's, right? It, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it, it, well, even, even his approach when he's on the show with us, very understated, right. you know, very professional, but uh, it takes a lot to do what they do. Um, yeah. You know, kind of. I could have predicted that their, their employee number would have been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure, people, I'm sure people on the inside, Scott, you're right, know it. You know what I mean? From uh, from the range of what they have there. Hey, Jared, you have some really unbelievable, I would say neat. Neat doesn't do it justice. You have some great stuff in your auction. I know you've got about we got about three minutes. You got a couple of football. You have some Patrick Mahomes stuff, and you also have some University of Michigan football stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we got some of our uh, big consigners uh, did some signings with some of the Michigan guys right before. You know, not not they're legally allowed to. We can actually talk about it at least. Yeah, right. Yeah, Um, yeah. but yeah, those uh, those definitely happened right before that championship game, and then of course, you know, the, the iron's hot now. So those are those are really nice items. Very cool, man. How's the weather in uh, Arizona? You know, I can't complain. I have a sweatshirt on because below 90, we're bundling you know, <laughs> up here. But um, I think it's well, probably actually, 70, 75. Scott's in Pennsylvania. John is in New Hampshire, right over the mass yeah, border. Right. I'm in Florida, and you're in Arizona. Yeah, so Scott, and, which means Scott and I despise both of you. So yeah, and, and Kenny, Kenny's, uh, Kenny's watching. Kenny, Kenny's up in uh, Sacramento. So we're, we're all over the. I tell you what, man, the benefits of technology, really. You know. So anyway, I so you have an auction coming. Well, actually, you don't have a an auction, Jared. You have a million auctions coming up. Fine uh, art, you know, that's the other thing. You get into stuff that a lot of other people don't get into. Coins, fine art. I've seen some of the musical stuff, the instruments you've had on on you know uh, on on your some of your past auctions. Really, really, really cool. Scott, you get into some non-sport stuff too periodically, right? Yeah, we do twice a year. We do a non-sport and comic book auction. Good. So non-sport all right, cards all the way back in the 19th century and then comic books. All right. We're just about out of time. Uh, Scott Russell, your auction ends when? Uh, Sunday. What the, what's the date? The third? The third? Yeah, Sunday the third. Folks, I'm telling you, bid. Yes. Because yeah. I'm telling you, you, that's an auction. You're going to get some great buys. Jared, I know I don't have to say when your auctions end because they never end. <laughs> uh, always. <laughs> so... Uh, Thanks for coming on. And all kidding aside, Jared, uh, thanks for the work that you do outside on the periphery of, of the auction houses. And again, special thanks to uh, Kenny Clausen yeah. uh, for, for the fundraiser that he did. Folks, just go online, littlesmilessouthernflorida.com. Uh, it's, on, it's on the screen here. I don't care if you donate five bucks, five bucks. And by the way, real quickly, we decided if people want to, have their picture taken with Rico while we're mingling with your little iPhone, five bucks. We're going to charge people $5 as long as they make a donation right in the till 
to uh, to little smiles. With that being said, JM, have a great week. It's only 50 cents to have your picture taken with Zap. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to miss you down here this weekend, John. Uh, yeah. And to our viewers and listeners and to our guests, we love you guys all. Thanks and have a great week and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.